there, listeners. Welcome to Left Look. I'm here. I'm Julian. And I'm joined by my two best friends, DJ. Hey. And Jacob. Hello, brother Julian. And today is uh, May 28th. Uh-huh. Oh, is it only the 28th today? Yeah. yeah. F- it feels closer to June. It must be because it is scorching hot outside mm. that I thought that. Insanely hot. It's going to only get warmer. What do I keep yeah, saying? It- the forest fires in uh, British Columbia I keep reading about are so intense, and I just keep thinking to myself, it's May. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to get so bad. Yeah. It's going to get so bad. It's, uh, uh, te- there was a Tens record. of million. Sorry, go ahead. There was a, a record we smashed a couple days ago as a planet. I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, hmm. we in one day, we set the highest uh, average sea temperature, the highest average landmass temperature, and the lowest ice sheet uh, measurement ever nice. recorded for that day. Yeah. Do you know why we're fucked? <laughs> it's not because of those uh, terrible, terrible stats that you just read off. But when you said we shattered records the other day, my narcissism was <laughs> like, "Oh, how many views we get?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, welcome to Left Look, listeners. I uh, did we do our intro, or can I jump right welcome in? Welcome to Left Look. It's the premier independent Take a mulligan. Yeah. This is the premier independent podcast from the Gato Institute, where we will be taking a look at Canadian and international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased left-wing perspective. Voici the podcast independent par excellence de l'Institut Gato, où nous examinerons les arts, la culture, et le divertissement canadien et international pour vous offrir une perspective impartiale et de gauche. Et de gauche. Yeah. What does voici mean? Uh, here is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought it meant look at, but... It's something like that. Yeah. It's close enough. Wouldn't that be regard? Um, oh, yeah. Regard is to watch, what? actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. To see is, is voir. Voir. Huh. I wish I was bilingual. Um, welcome to Left Look, listeners. This week I wanted to extend the apology segment that I've been doing uh, from last week. And uh, I'm going to open it up with uh, Noam Chomsky this week. I have several <laughs> times said that I'm a big fan of Noam Chomsky mm-hmm. on this channel. And it turns out he's a, a was patronized, I should say, by Jeffrey Epstein more than a couple times, it seems. Mm. And yeah. um, I, sh- I should have known. Anarchists I- are mm-hmm. not real people. They don't have a real ideology. But he he's really good with words, and his history is really good. So yeah. there, there's a video. Of, there's a video of him curb stomping um, William F. Buckley back in the day. Beautiful. Like I, I found it because I was into uh, Christopher Hitchens at the time, and uh, Christopher Hitchens goes head to head with William F. Buckley, and I think he manhandles him. But you could make an argument for either side. Mm. But then it led me to this Noam Chomsky interview on uh, William F. Buckley's show, and Chomsky big dogs him. And it was incredible to watch a conservative just get pasted to the side of the wall. But, you know, fucking little kids is probably bad, so we are yeah. no longer friends of Noam Chomsky. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad look. It is a bad well, look. Well, we don't know um, what he was up to. He was just moving money around, right? That's not a big deal. Yeah, well, he was probably providing advice on what what could he be doing? Uh, <laughs> it's hard to tell which know. is worse, you know. Kitty fiddling or moving money yeah, or giving advice. Jeffrey Epstein just like knew a ton of people. I don't think all of them were necessarily like implicated in all the worst parts, but (laughs) yeah. And then the, that's an L for Chomsky for sure. Yeah. It was actually, I was uh, doing the reading series thing that I said I was going to start. And uh, I got to the last chapter of Noam Chomsky's book, Hegemony and Survival. And I was going to post them all on the YouTube channel. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that news came out, and I was like, well, that was wasted effort. And then I just stopped that project after that several weeks ago now. Oh, man. But, uh, you could have hit the, uh, you could have exploited the algorithm there. Oh, algorithm there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I will post it anyways. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck our <laughs> integrity. Content is content. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to extend uh, into 
this apology into part two, which is I said I wouldn't shit on Julian anymore, and I'm just using this as a segue. But last week, he posted Porco Rosso, the episode, and there's not even a Studio Ghibli tag on it. And that means I watched watched an animated film for no sacrifice to the algorithm. I can can edit that. I am upset about it, but uh, not uh, that upset. What I was more upset about was Miyazaki's tepid uh, take on fascism. And so I decided to uh, kind of force my brethren here to watch another Japanese film that kind of takes on fascism, but is in fact a war propaganda movie. And that in its war propaganda, it is my opinion that it does a better job of dismantling fascism than uh, Miyazaki's actual attempt to uh, dismantle fascism. But it is, as a war propaganda movie, terrible. It was terrible. And also, it's it stays in the vein of uh, the Chapo Trap House reviewing war propaganda films. They've done a lot, like 13 Men or whatever that one, 78 Hours, the the Benghazi one. There's um, They've done Wolf Warrior, the, uh, the Chinese war propaganda film. Mm. But uh, this is... Uh, in the left look uh, tradition of shitting on the Japanese. So <laughs> yeah. Fuck the Japanese. Sorry. Hey, uh, uh, hmm. Were you guys able to hear what just transpired there? Uh, I heard you had a little bit of shouting in the background. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jen's outside. She was banging on my window trying to get my attention. It's good ambience. Yeah. Uh, ambience. Jen is, uh, is Charles's secretary, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, I forgot to fill out a form, so now I'm being fucking harangued by HR. Yeah, uh, HR, you know, always just at our at our doorstep, wanting something. They never bother anybody else, but for some reason, we're always at fault. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Julian, you, you do know it's inappropriate to sleep with your coworkers, right? <laughs> we're not, I'm okay. not doing anything inappropriate. Yeah, well, I... I'll just not say anything to Charles, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd appreciate that. You better not. Uh, you know what happens to snitches. Yeah. They get rewards. Usually. They get, yeah, they get paid by the, <laughs> by the boys in blue the across the yeah. hall. Yeah. They get a cell phone they can put up their ass. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> they get wired. Yeah, yeah typically. <laughs> Anyways, the film that this week that we've decided to review, and I don't want to do a full hour on it. I just uh, I wanted to use it to shit on Porco Rosso a little more, sure. and the Japanese people more in particular. Oh yeah, I did. I did watch Porco Rosso, by the way. Wow, you watched it, eh? I did. I was I was hoping I wouldn't have to throw that punch too. I watched but... Porco Rosso and I watched the other film at the same time. Oh, okay. At the same time, <laughs> which which eyeball Both was of... on which film? Uh, I was kind of just going back and forth between the two, if I'm honest. Okay. Fair enough. Um, dubs or subs for which one? Uh, dubs for Porco Rosso, because I couldn't get the subtitles to go, which really sucked. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, subtitles for the other one, the even more Japanese yeah. one. The even more Japanese one, mm-hmm. which is The Great War of Archimedes, which is a terrible translation, I'm pretty sure. Haven't looked into it. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't in the 20- movie. Yeah, it was a 2019. Like, you got to think, what kind of reference is that for a Japanese audience? Like, how many of them have heard of Archimedes, right? Like, it's such a Western pop culture understanding of the history of math, right? Mm. But anyways, um, it, it's a not 2019 war propaganda film, and it's about uh, the shipbuilding construction process of the... Uh, imperial japanese ship yamato Mm -hmm. which was the biggest battleship ever created and uh it's not about the building of the ship so much as the uh ministerial backbiting around the making of the ship and uh i'm just gonna put a little summation forward Uh, for me the movie has three parts Mm -hmm. and uh the, fir- the first part is that intro scene of the Yamato being blown up by the Americans in the, in the first. And then there's the, uh, a second part, which is divided by the third part. And the second part is the scene in the office where they're trying to decide whether or not to build the ship. And then the third part is just a series of vignettes between the main character and his little assistant uh, that break up the you know the drama of the office mm-hmm. the, uh, but um anyways so i thought that would be the best structure to talk about the film 
uh, the opening scene. So the movie opens with this powerful battleship, the IJS, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yamato, uh, which is, you know, a 60,000 ton battleship with 18 inch guns, you know, like awe inspiring weapons, crazy, right? And uh, it's just dismantled by the Americans. It it is shown to be a contemptuously easy thing that they do. At one point, the Japanese battleship shoots down one plane, and quickly, a uh, uh, an American patrol boat, a PBY, which is a ship that can land on the water, does land on the water mm-hmm. and picks up the the pilot who had uh, parachuted from his crashing ship, that's, and then flies away with him. That's got to be a little editorial, right? Like it's obviously didn't happen, right? <laughs> but it it is supposed to impose on the Japanese uh, consuming audience that you know we fucked up, eh? That was <laughs> we had no chance in that fight, right? Yeah, I, I mean, going into it as somebody who's very poorly versed in these kinds of things, that that first scene for me was just very. It was unbelievable. Like I get it was the point it was making, and that point that you're saying it is making is absolutely true. But watching it, I was just sitting there like, no way all these planes are dodging all that flack. Like, what? <laughs> you shoot down one plane? There's, like, hundreds of them. You've got, like, 80 guns down there. That that Just the math alone doesn't add up. Actually, you, uh, if you look into the, the flak stats from World War II, the bullets spent compared to bullets that hit a plane were about what they showed on that screen. Jesus. Uh, the uneducated masses of 1940s could not take into account the speed that their ship was going, the speed that the plane was going, mm. and offset the bullets, you know, in a particular way that they could hit anything. So, basically, every bullet fired at a plane in World War II was wasted. <laughs> like, Dang. you think they would have, like, I don't know, trained these people or something. There is a famous, famous Disney a training, a, a, a training video produced by Disney mm-hmm. for bombers right so these uh high altitude bombers would fly over germany and just drop incredible amounts of ordnance mm-hmm. right and they were training the uh the gunners on these bombers to shoot down enemy fighters right, right? and they were tr- teaching them about these things that your plane is going forward their plane has speed so you got to uh you got to off center the bullets and they created a little formula for it right like if they're going this way then you have to use half the reticle and if they're going the other way you have to use two lengths of right. the reticle right and the other uh one of the the uh, cartoon characters that they're showing this to in the film goes, well, I'd like to see the math. And then they they do this incredible scene of like writing out an entire chalkboard of math and goes, you're too dumb for the math. (laughs) Just do what we tell you. And it's a, it's a Disney training film from world war two. Yeah. So that checks out crazy. Yeah. Um, But anyways, I, I, I love this movie just for all sorts of reasons, I hate it at the end of it. Like it, it's it's a terrible movie mm-hmm. and it's war propaganda, right? But yeah, I loved I loved to hate it. I I had so many overlapping thoughts and con- contradictory thoughts at so many stages, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, the characters, the presentation of the characters, especially their differing intelligences, was so obviously nationalistic but nationalistic in a way that seems like masterful you know like uh very japanese that someone has spent a long time learning how to orchestrate people's feelings to feeling that nationalistic vibe even though they might be smart too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like um and there's so many instances of it but i thought i would start with the uh you know the main ensemble of the class uh the cast uh right after the uh the destruction of the H- sorry the IJS uh, Yamato they switched to a video of uh, Admiral uh, at that time still Commander Yamamoto mm-hmm. and uh, he was the guy who uh, uh, what's it called he thought up dreamt up the Pearl Harbor strike right, right? And, and was famously assassinated by the uh, American military during the war mm. and I say assassinated they would hate that language but uh, for me killing a general during wartime is is an assassination there's a there's a movie called Waterloo right and uh, during it uh, Napoleon is riding across his troops uh, in front of his troops and it switches to Wellington mm-hmm. played by Christopher Plummer uh, and the, the his officers go should we fire the cannon at him sir and he goes why would, would he do that, right? Yeah. Like, what, what would possess you to think that? And it, 
it, it is just like bad form to to kill a boss. You know what I mean? To kill a Don mm-hmm. is a, a way I like to explain it. it, it you're just doing mob wars at scale. And uh, what happens when the, the next mob tries to take you over and they see that you were assassinating leaders the last time, right? Mm-hmm. Poor form. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyways, getting back to uh, Yamamoto, it's, it shows him uh, ba- basically crystallizing carrier tactics in the early 1930s. They, uh, they show these biplanes taking off from a, a Japanese carrier mm-hmm. in 1933, I think it was. Very and rudimentary spo- one, too. Yeah, very rudimentary. And it's supposed to be that this guy is a genius, right? Like, Yamamoto is seen by military historians as a genius over and over again. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is the first juxtaposition that is put into the film when we're introduced to our actual main character, who is this Kai fellow, Mm -hmm. right? And he's introduced as a necessity because um, this battleship that they're proposing to be made is a waste battleships as we saw at the beginning of the film when the yamato was sank in 1945 Mm -hmm. are obsolete right and so yamamoto and his uh his sponsor nagumo who we'll talk about later uh think that they should be making a carrier instead of a battleship and then these old conservative elements within the navy are like no we're making a battleship yeah we're a navy Mm -hmm. And so they introduce so they introduce this Kai character who is a whiz kid. I like to call him an anime hero. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> he is he has god powers, right? He can do incredible things. Uh, he doesn't have like fighting skills, but he's got mathematician skills mm-hmm. that make him above mortals, right? He's supposed to be not an achievable person. You know what I mean? Yeah, math and, the, math skills that are beyond comprehension. Yeah, and it's not supposed to be like. A, He's supposed to be a reference point, really, for the genius of everyone else around him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you can see that Kai is way smarter than Yamamoto, but Yamamoto's uh, presented as a genius, too. Like, a genius in every way that he uh, does things. He, his affect is very affable. He's always trying to manipulate those around mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Right? He, like, orchestrating events, it's, right? It's seeing into the future. It's institutional knowledge as opposed to, like, mathematical knowledge. Yeah, institutional knowledge. I don't even know because Yamamoto is rejected by the institution. Uh, I I was thinking that he's the the most that the institution will allow to produce. Right? He's the most out of the box that an institution like the Navy could possibly allow. Mm. Right? And I uh, I imagined this watching this film with little IQ scores hovering over each main character's head. You know, um, for instance, the the main villain of the film the not the the smart one with the glasses mm-hmm. but the other the, uh, the, loud one. the corrupt one yeah yeah you could just tell he was just an average average man mm-hmm. you know what i mean like a, a hundred that's uh, all i saw above his head right and then nagumo uh yamamoto's boss he was not as smart as uh, uh yamamoto right but he had the instincts for politics and shit like that so you could just see like a 115 mm-hmm. ha- uh, hovering over his head and then yamamoto's like a 120 125 kind of guy mm-hmm. and then kai's like a 180 right because he's just autism incarnate yeah right? <laughs> he unlocked the that... autism uh, headsets display that shows him all the numbers when he needs them exactly it's just uh ridiculous uh, I don't know where I was going. Someone say about something about the film. Like, I, I got you. I got notes here, <clears throat> and uh, my my first joke's not going to work anymore. I think that ship has sailed. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I I'm, oh it also, fuck! I blew it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll I'll try and make it here. Um, I think it. I, oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, that was a just a offhand. That was a lucky break. Uh, I thought it was very funny that. Uh, Porco Rosso had to hunt down the battleship Yamoto. Yeah. The, or, or sorry, no, the battleship Mama Yato. <laughs> the Mama Yato. <laughs> IJS Mama Yato. <laughs> yeah. You put way too much effort into that one. Uh, I was watching them both at the same time. I figured I might as well make some jokes that play into that. <laughs> you know, why not? Uh, I I was just, I happened to be blessed because when we met that Japanese numbers genius guy, uh, uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. as he's measuring those girls, uh, Porco Rosso like I said, the line "Face it, I'm a pig." <laughs> <laughs> Which worked out. There's uh, there's pigs in both films. That's a good yeah. uh, connection. The geisha girls thing is a is a great uh, 
sorry, is a great symbolism of the what I was talking about before. It's just a series of vignettes mm-hmm. of like these little skits that they do in between the uh, the two meetings in the boardroom. But uh, sorry, I was uh, gonna back up a little bit from that. Um, when right before. Uh, that meeting of Kai, Yamamoto and Nagumo and their little engineer assistant guy, mm-hmm. who I think remains unnamed throughout the film. I think they do. Um, they show his name or he says it like once when he brings in the ship to be like, here, I made this. They give him a mustache so that as he's uh, easily identifiable, <laughs> yeah. though, right? Like he, he's nothing. But um, anyways, the three of them are talking, right? And uh, they're like, oh, they're going to pick the battleship. What do we do, mm-hmm. right? And I thought the first critique of fascism was uh, within there, which was Yamamoto goes, well, it's probably, uh, uh, sorry, under-speculated this price of this battleship, right? Mm -hmm. But then he he turns and then the music goes really dark and he goes, "Uh, um, an under-speculation of this value is a betrayal of the emperor and treason to the Japanese people. And then he stops and he goes, at least that's how we'll phrase it. And then they all laugh (laughs) about it, right? (laughs) I really loved that. I was like, how can he not see that he is the instrument of war, right? Like, how can he not see that he is uh, actively pushing history onwards in this violent path, Mm -hmm. right? But, uh, But he sees himself as this savior figure, you know what I mean? Just incredible. Yeah. All right, and um, so, anyways, right after that, uh, they decide to drink, right? Because they have a plan, mm-hmm. and they and they say, "Bring us in some uh, geisha girls, which are whores." And um, the lady who uh, maintains the establishment goes, uh, "All the all the geishas are rented for the night," mm-hmm. and they go over to this uh, genius millionaire math guy who is. Uh, a tutor of a, a, the owner of a Zaibatsu. And a Zaibatsu is like, I don't know, like Ford or GM, right. yeah. but all, but also is related to the night casts of like, it's like if Rolls Royce or something like that mm-hmm. was directly descended from one of William the Conqueror's buddies. Yeah. That's exactly how that the Zaibatsus are. They're corporate dynasties. No other way to fucking describe them. Yeah. Right. And so uh, our main character, our hero, Kai, is rich and able to do what he wants to do, basically, because he was a tutor for one of these, uh, you know, Zaibatsus. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's important, too, because within there is another layer of critique of, uh, you know, anti-fascism, right? It goes back and forth and back. It's like uh, watching a dialogue between an anti-imperialist and imperialist or a nationalist and an anti-nationalist, right? And they, they give these arguments back and forth. And then at the end of the movie, of course, Kai joins the Navy and he salutes Yamamoto. And it's like this really nationalistic zeal thing. Mm-hmm. But they do present good arguments against nationalism mm-hmm. throughout it, only to knock them down as, you know, they are straw men, mm-hmm. you know, as strong as they are, they're not great arguments. But, uh, so one of the implicit arguments for nationalism in there is that despite the corruption of society, right, like only this society can produce people like Kai, right, through this well-maintained order that we have, right, this ancient order mm-hmm. that we can rely on, right? Yeah, he's which he, is weird. He's depicted at this like, you know, he's this uh, perfect student attending a, an illustrious academy, mm-hmm. and, and he's like he he could only. He could only afford such an experience because he is the tutor of this, uh, you know, corrupt boss's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back, uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, the scene where uh, they say uh, the cost. Sorry, at the end of the movie, near the end, they say the cost is uh, is not enough. They prove it, mm-hmm. right? And the the smart admiral, who's also conservative and is only revealed to be smart near the end of the movie, uh, goes, uh, "Who cares?" You know, so what? Yeah. The 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 people are nothing without the state, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's so dark, right? But that's how they view Kai, right? That a person like Kai can never appear without the state. And so that the people's progress is completely dependent, suckles at the teat of the state, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but anyways, moving along, uh, they convince this kid, uh, basically by conscripting him, uh, yeah, more to, so like they guilt him into it, really. Yeah. <laughs> the guilt, yeah. 
they do guilt him into it. it it felt like the weakest part of the film for me too it was right, right like, it was very because uh, honestly in that moment he was characterized as such like a misanthrope as such of like i'm gonna i'm leaving yeah, yeah it just so removed from anything and then they're like mm, but your nation and he like at first he's like whatever and then later it's like no i changed my mind oh no the people yeah. they do the nation thing really uh harsh too right like he's getting on the boat to leave for america to go study math mm-hmm. in america and he turns around and he can see japan being bombarded right turned turn to ash mm-hmm. basically and he goes i still don't give a fuck and then he turns and sees his girlfriend amongst the ruins and goes fuck i gotta deal i gotta go yeah. deal with this right <laughs> the, the, the ancient nationalist messaging within that movie there right it's just like yeah the people and that eh, was the same message my honor that was the same that was the same message that porco rosso put out right like that uh, all men are pigs and that, that all these women are beautiful creatures and that, it, that just from that reason alone it's worth fighting over yeah. you know what i mean it, yeah you it's guys just you guys said the anime ladies were hot you you weren't kidding that they, they put a lot of detail into making them beautiful yeah. in porco rosso yeah, those have... three like wrinkly old ladies. Dang, Oof, so much detail. <laughs> I have no. A note there's here that once that just says I could beat off to this, but I don't remember 100 percent which movie <laughs> I wrote that for. Were you? Uh... Uh... Oh, yeah, I gotta wonder which scene. Which scene was that? Was that the scene with the pirates in their underwear, Julian? Uh, it could have been <laughs> when the little girls jump into the water. It might have been where the airplane was really heavily focused on. Yeah, I could see that. That sounds like the most reasonable one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I was accusing you of pedophilia, so yeah, mine was I unreasonable. I know. I've got jokes in there for later. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 20 minutes but... of pedophile material ready to go here if we need it. He's ready to let his lewd, his load go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyways, they convinced this guy to join the... Uh, the cause, which is to come up with their own estimation for the value of the battleship mm-hmm. so that they can prove that the battleship is not worth doing, as I said earlier. Could I cut in here for a moment? Absolutely. Take any they, moment. They, they, they go about this, right? And this is kind of just like an offshoot from what you're saying. They go about this. They recruit this kid. And they, they're like, oh, you have to be part of the army. Yeah. <laughs> which was just such... That was like, what? He, no. He can just be contracted. He can just be like a contracted accountant. Yeah. It was just such a like weird turn that they were like, no, we're going to make you lieut- like lieutenant commander and you're going to have a position. And then they use that, right? They use that later. And maybe I'm going a bit too far here. They keep using that later as like, oh, no, you can't do this or else you'll be in violation. You know, you'll be yes. court martialed. And at every turn, I was just like, OK, but like you could what you could have just at the beginning been like, no, just contract me. I'm a civilian. I thought. I thought it was so Japanese, though, right? Because they said that nobody will respond to him without rank, right? right? Which is true, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody would even look him in the eye without rank. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, he can still get nothing done with, like, a high rank. Yeah. Like, a very high rank. Yeah, it does not benefit him at all. Uh, I introduced you guys to the NATO standardization the other day, right? And... O one is a, a lieutenant or an ensign, right. as the uh, as his little buddy was in the navy, right? And so a, a lieutenant commander is an O four right. or an O five, I think, right? And it only goes to O ten, right? So that's a very very high rank in the military, mm-hmm. right? You have to just There's be given. Yeah. Very few hundreds of people that would have that rank in a nation of a hundred million mm-hmm. at that time, right? Um, yeah, I thought it. I thought it was uh, also so that they could show that Yamamoto was this genius who was, you know, coercing Kai to serve his country mm-hmm. at the end too. Basically, right? So that like, that's that's basically what the whole thing was about. That Yamamoto was like, even if I don't get this done, this kid's got to be in the navy because he's a genius, and I I serve the navy. You know what I mean? Right. It was. I don't know. They they fluctuated about how smart they wanted to make Yamamoto. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were very subversive about it. Because he's a national hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, a, like a, uh, war has this thing, right? Like, during peacetime, generals are just, like, people in weird get-ups, and they do nothing, right. and they have no, no attention. But during wartime, if you're good at what you do, you can ascend beyond celebrity to, like, demigodhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you earn to... a position in culture f- for... Forever. Yeah, for, like, you are <laughs> going to be in so many textbooks. 
<laughs> there are so many little cringe boys that will read your name and your accomplishments and think, wow, I wish I could do something like mm-hmm. that for forever. <laughs> right? Forever. And um, anyway, so that's why they had to handle him with such care. Like everything about Yamamoto um, was so weird. There, there was one point Kai said something really disrespectful about the Navy. Mm-hmm. I think the engineer was there. The ensign, the uh, his little buddy right. wasn't there yet. And uh, the Yamamoto just goes, in like the deepest voice that I can't even replicate, he goes, oh. Right? Like as to, <laughs> as to ask him to expound further. And, but also at the same time reach into a registry of manhood that like no, no people can replicate, right? It was so deep that my ears almost didn't pick it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought that was very symbolic of how they viewed him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, biting my tongue over here, literally, to not jump into a racist accent. <laughs> Save it for the end, Julie. We, we got all stripes of the Japanese accent there, from like the... Oh, da, 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 and to the... Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. Ooh, battleship bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the... I, I, there are lots of cultures on Earth that uh, the men, for some reason, uh, artificially lower their voice than their natural speaking tone. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought it was just the silliest gesture. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who you are, Japanese, Jamaican, West African. I, I just think it's so silly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I too can talk like this. It does nothing. <laughs> like you got to have that deep caveman voice, you know? That's yeah. That's what manliness is all about. Yeah. What, like... Trying to intimidate somebody with your voice is not manly, in fact. Sopranos, altos, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were switching to the show Sopranos oh, there no. for a second. I got nothing. A half second. Um, but anyways, um, so they uh, they go through this film uh, with, they like, the next 60 minutes, basically, nothing happens, right? Like Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just like a slow tension build around the same point, and nothing really yeah. progresses like nothing at all there there are a series of scenes like you uh intimated dj where they say well because you're a lieutenant commander you have to salute the admiral mm-hmm. as they go by you can't ask for the classified documents those are beyond your rank mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 right but literally it's just excuse after excuse for nothing to happen and then deus ex machina at the end of the film yeah and there right? were like, there were like they were like layering them at the end you know yeah. yeah. Oh, we find this one place. Oh, the girl shows up. Oh, oh, suddenly we have the records. Oh, and then at the end, I think which got me the worst is it was just like, oh, none of that math actually matters. He just does his yes. own math instead. <laughs> he, it, it was basically shown that he could have done it immediately had he just thought about it a little harder. <laughs> I mean, like if he just skipped all like... the the autism parts about like being like, no, I gotta rebuild the ship. <laughs> I need to do this. I need to measure things. If you would have yeah. just thought about it as math and been like, well, actually, no, if I just figure out the steel and yeah. the weight, then, you know, I can do it. His neurodiversity held him back. <sighs> you know, it does to we all did of us. skip. A... Basically, everyone else in the movie was an NPC, but the characters that I've mentioned, mm-hmm. um, except for at one point, there's a civilian shipwright who is introduced, right? Mm-hmm. And he is the other, uh, sp- I don't know. If you think about it like a trident, he's one of the spear tips of fascism. Right. You know I mean? Absolutely. He, he go yeah. he goes at one point, I, I had a dream at one point that Japan would conquer the world with freighters mm-hmm. and that we would rule with trade yeah, or some shit like commerce. that. Yeah, and it's like this broken dream that, you know, survives from the shell of the Imperial Japan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like God, this movie is so war propaganda. Yeah, you know right. I mean? like, it was such a such... It, it was such a moment that I went crystallizing yeah i went like okay what is this film trying to push through like math is good and then i was like (laughs) no the the like hero the helping hero figure is just a rampant capitalist yeah and like okay what does that say here okay Eh, fascism bad but ooh, ooh, really really tight (laughs) capitalism yeah that's what we want yeah even i don't even think they got to fascism bad right it was more like Things are very, very complicated, mm-hmm. and your critiques of our government's past and its mistakes are unwarranted because you're too stupid to be involved in the debate, basically, was what I got over and over again, right? Yeah, not like, a mathematician. I, I, I think the math was uh, basically irrelevant to it, too, right? Because the yeah. math was. 
he was the anime hero. He's one punch man, mm. right? Nobody can beat him. But the the people who are actual historical figures, right? Like the uh, the conservative admiral, the the typecast of that shipwright building builder, mm-hmm. and uh, Yamamoto, right? Those are the other three geniuses in the film, and they just present different viewpoints on fascism, yep. right? That different arguments for fascism, and uh, the conservative guy especially, right? He was supposed to be like the films pièce de résistance the fucking uh the the fulcrum point on which the whole film turns right, right. and uh, after he, this conservative uh, admiral has uh won out over kai and they're building the battleship anyways mm-hmm. despite all the uh the flaws with the battleship he goes i know it's gonna sink right yeah of course it's gonna sink we're gonna lose to america he says right and this ship has to sink so that the japanese will give up right and so that it can sink as a symbol of Japan in place of Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's he kind of has a view like that he only has so much of a voice in government, and so he can only direct government so much, and that the government of Japan has riled its people up into like a fervor for so long mm-hmm. that to shut off the machine would be unacceptable to them, right? And so the only thing that they can do is try to lose with as much integrity and honor and grace as they can yeah. so that they can stride forward into the next world. Yeah, right? they, they need to preserve the state at all costs. Yeah, the, yeah, without the people, the, uh, sorry, without the state, the people are nothing, mm-hmm. he says earlier in the film, right? Yeah, how much of that is grounded in history, by the way? That's that's completely made up. Oh, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that guy did not, cannot have seen... He didn't, uh, he didn't big the brain the whole Second World War and make a ship to <laughs> yeah. save Japan. Yeah, just because... Uh, just because America knew they were going to beat uh, Japan like pretty close, pretty soon after they started the war with Japan, doesn't mean they weren't afraid of them. Doesn't mean they didn't move ships around, thinking, "What if they do strike us? What if they do take the uh, the sorry the rubber and oil producing regions of uh, the uh, not the Philippines, Indonesia." The, uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so like. Nobody saw it as mathematically clear mm-hmm. as that. There were many, many variables. And in fact, uh, Yamamoto saying, I need to strike first and I need to have a really good first strike. I think the actual quote that Yamamoto uh, has historically is, I can run wild for the first 18 months of the war. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it'll be uh, basically impossible to conduct operations. <laughs> right? Yeah. And. Uh, he didn't even get to do that because they fucked up Pearl Harbor yep. so bad. <laughs> I mean, so um, no fucking way this guy exists. One right historically, the, but uh, he's a typecast. The circle, right? the circle glasses, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, this conservative admiral. There's no way that this guy exists as a historical character. And two, there's no way that there are were historical characters that saw that pre. Uh, Presciently, I don't know. It's like omniscience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Omnipotence to be able to fucking bend the world's uh, trends and factors and maths at a time where you don't have access to the world's information, too, yeah. right? Like, just completely unbelievable, right? But the, uh, the end of the message of the film is basically that, you know, these people tried really hard, and they're all smarter than you, and then even that, on top of that, we have smarter people coming in all the time because of the great Yamato spirit that Japan produces these people, right? Which is Kai. He's the next generation of naval leaders or whatever mm-hmm. he's supposed to be, right? And it's like, so how dare you question the state and its uh, decisions, right? How dare you uh, try and... Uh, criticize us from your lowly place of just average intelligence you know what i mean it's, it is a beautiful war propaganda film i am sure the navy saw fucking increases in uh recruitment after the people saw mm-hmm. it gotta and that, keep the country safe <laughs> and that basically here's the end of my bit on this is that it's better than Porco Rosso, even though Porco Rosso is meant to be an attack on fascism, mm-hmm. that even in its straw men of uh, the attacks on fascism, there was a stronger and more biting critique of fascism before they, you know, eventually tore it down. Was it as effective, though? As effective. I feel like... Affective or effective? Effective. Because I feel like somebody I mean... watches Porco Rosso and goes, okay, fascism bad. But I don't feel like somebody I, watches the Great War of Archimedes and goes, "Ah, yes, I, I 
I understand this is propaganda, and ergo, I, as the wiser, can see through this veil and point the finger and go, yes, the fascism is the bad. Uh, I don't think anyone watches these films, either way. Yeah, true. So, <laughs> but uh, if I think the average audience, also, if they did consume them, has no resistance to fascism, that most people are too stupid to or, try and uh, yeah, or even combat with fascism. Of, like, the themes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To even try and look for a theme in a movie, I think, is beyond most people. You know what I mean? But uh, to take your argument seriously, I would say it was at least effectively better, not effectively better, mm -hmm. that it has that emote, that, uh, that resonance, that there is a better path. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas this was mostly just uh, logical, uh, what's the words? Uh, soliloquies right you know what i mean like they, they turn to the camera and say well i'm gonna say some dope shit now so listen up yeah you know what I mean? like, <laughs> fascism is the only rational choice yeah well i like to say uh leftism and fascism are the only coherent ideologies you know what i mean yeah. like liberal liberalism even that uh sorry the movie even agreed with my hypothesis there they presented that third guy the uh sorry not third guy the the shipwright the right. civilian shipwright, yeah the capitalist uh, as the alternative that obviously makes no sense, right? He's living in la-la land, it's supposed to be like, uh -huh. right? Like, they're going to go out and just just depend on the Americans and the Brits for their security while they get richer than them? That makes actually no sense, right? Like, but, uh, sorry, I forgot where I was going with that point. Uh, Julian, another joke, quick. Bet All hands MGM on deck. Casino. What? Bet MGM Casino? Yeah, what about them? Uh, I don't know. I was told to bet there multiple times throughout the movie. Oh. Yeah, I, I got a lot of betting ads, too. We watched it on Tubi, available on Tubi, which is the free Netflix. Mm -hmm. I uh, I really like their model, but they uh, they got to reduce those ad times, or they are never going to blow up. You know what I mean? I don't know. Gave me a chance to focus on Porco Rosa. It's, um, I'm pretty sure they're owned by Fox Media, first, first strike. Second strike, um, maybe this is more of a ball, actually. I didn't. I had like four ads in a two-hour movie. That sounds about right. And honestly, I just got up. I just left. Yeah. Granted, I was I was like so... And um, it would have been nice to know you kind of hated the film beforehand. Because I was going through it like, what is like, what does Jacob see in this? Like, what is... What does he value? love about it? And I was like, it must yes. just be the ships and stuff. The like the whatever the the like the ploys the backroom ploys and then like yeah. man 40 minutes left and i was like god they're still talking about the math like get on with yeah. it yeah no there it was basically like six or seven conversations that lasted 30 seconds apiece yeah. that i was like wow that was really deep right and but each time it wasn't that i was like well they had a good point i'm convinced it was like uh -huh. they were so deep but so wrong still right so incorrect yeah. you know what i mean like and i yeah. just i love to engage with material like that that you can be like you can love to hate it because it's advanced but you still want to slap it down as you know keep reading son yeah you know I mean? like, <laughs> you're wrong yeah yeah, so, sorry, where, where I was going is that the two ads, I was just, like, so disinterested in the film by the middle part that I was like, whatever, I'll get up. I'll go brush my teeth. Um, I'll, I'll get my pajamas on. I'm yeah. sorry you uh, I'm sorry you felt disinterested. I, I thought you would be, too, to be honest. But uh, And I thought about telling you what I was going to do with the movie. Uh, but then I remember you called me a narc last week, and I was like, DJ doesn't get to do fucking homework either then. I, did, I wasn't going to, and I didn't. <laughs> I mean, he did by watching the text. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna. I was just gonna read a synopsis, to be honest. <laughs> That's fucking. I, rude. I set that precedent, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't even do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be doing more work than you at that point. So, That's like, true. B minus for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it was. That's basically. It was an interesting was like film. This. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind either film, but I'm not watching anything Japanese for a while. Just saying. Yeah, no, we got to give the Japanese thing a break, or we're gonna be labeled as like a weeaboo cast, right? Yeah. That's that's no good. I mean, there's there's uh, uh, that's a niche group, you know, kaching kaching kaching. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, there mm -hmm. there was one quote I'm pretty I'm, I liked. I'm pretty sure it was from uh, the Great War of Archimedes, uh -huh. where they said math might save this country. Math might save this. Country. And all I've got to say is fucking Keynesians, man. <laughs> that uh. 
Uh, that's actually really funny. I was going to say... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Keynesians are fucking toddlers. But... Um, well, they got the right idea, though. <laughs> they got No, they got the the right idea but the wrong perception of the enemy right yeah. zealots will always be back for more fascists will never be satisfied right you have to they, there can be no compromises with the right mm-hmm. but um anyways i thought you, what the best joke would be to say there is actually that lines from porco rosso <laughs> they, they did some math you know uh fio had if she, she was an engineer right yeah. yeah, there were like yeah. numbers. It's I guess you could draw another through line between the two films and say there was a lot of like engineer blueprints in both films. A lot yeah. of really like kind of fake looking <laughs> engineer blueprints. <laughs> they talked about uh, how big yeah. the butt was a lot. Yeah. yeah, the anime hero thing I've been doing about we're gonna drop this movie soon. We'll do something else mm. to close out the cast. But the uh, sorry, the anime hero thing yeah. when he reads like. 30 books in one night yeah. and teaches himself ship drafting, right? Yep. Like that can't happen. Nope. You know I, mean? like, <laughs> I might be able to read the stack of books that he had in one night. I might be able to do that, but I, I couldn't do anything with the information right after I'd be like completely fried out. You know what I mean? Like burned you know I mean? to the, to the very way. He's just used to it. You know, it's nothing for him. Yeah. Ship, that's like, like, that's, that's just the power of real, autism you know <laughs> and even that is uh should stand as a critique of japanese nationalism itself that they could have such a black and white view of intellect and knowledge mm. and intelligence that this math guy because math is the pinnacle can dominate every other sphere it's like no they can't yeah. they usually can't speak to other people you know what I mean? yeah, like, numbers <laughs> hard <laughs> numbers usually require all of brain yeah right and in fact, that's what kind of what makes Yamamoto the smarter figure of the two. Mm. He, he's like numbers. What are you talking about? It's all about the vibe, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all about the ploy. I can sense it. There's a. You ever seen the movie? Either of the movies, Wall Street with um. What's it called? Never mind. Forget the actors. Leonardo but the DiCaprio? Wall Street movies. Fuck you. <laughs> the Wolf of Wall Street is a good joke, though. But uh. I forgot where I was going with that. Regardless, I definitely haven't seen either movie. Here's uh, here's something else I wrote I wrote down. Uh, oh, sorry, no, I'm I'm gonna finish it. Oh, okay. Gordon Gecko. Okay. Gordon Gecko is the character from Wall Street, and he uh, he's the guy who says greed is good. That's where that comes oh. from. Uh, but he's got another line where he's talking about can you hear the music? And I've always thought that was the most fascinating line. It's how I refer to the stock market. Mm. Uh, is can you hear the music? It's like can you. Uh, just hear everybody's thoughts and how they think about things and what their needs are and wants and wishes for life. And how does that add up for, you know, value into the next quarter? Is it more? Is it less? You know what I mean? And it's not something you can articulate with numbers. Well, you can, but it's a giant waste of time. Mm-hmm. It's more just something you've got your finger of the pulse on. Yeah. Right? You're just like, feeling the vibe, reading the room. The, <laughs> yeah. the vibe is right. Right. And that's what made Yamamoto smarter too. But anyways, you want to, Close out with something different. You guys got something different you want to bring up? I have one more bad joke to deliver. Yeah, I, I thought the music was uh, really wild for that last like blackboard scene at the end where they're disproving how much the ship costs. Oh, the music was terrible. They had like, to heavy handed. They had to make it tense and, somehow. They had to make yeah. numbers and a boardroom <laughs> meeting tense somehow. <laughs> They they basically were like to their uh, the audience that they have like who I don't know who made this movie I don't know what message he was trying to send besides like a nationalistic one mm. but like to treat your audience with such contempt by putting such overstated musical like just tones there it wasn't even music it was just like deep well chords mm-hmm. going off you know what I mean no it it for me it was music because I was listening to the Porco Rosso credits <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, I'll just drop that bit then. Yep. Uh, we could wrap up the well, wrap up the boat movie. Wrap yeah, up. we'll wrap up. Uh, set the, sail. Uh, the Great War of Archimedes. We'll, the Great we'll War of pull Archimedes. into port. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of pulling into port, uh, how about that F one race? Eh, pretty crazy. That was pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, Grand Prix in uh, was it was Monaco, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Monaco. The boys Did we find out if that was Jeff Bezos's sail ship there. The boys joined me to watch uh, the Monaco Grand Prix this morning. Um, no, I think that boat was actually the. Uh, I think it was a, 
uh, one of the oh yeah I one of the yamato's grandchildren <laughs> yeah grand uh grandfather yes because it's it still has sails on it right yes um, yes uh well maybe maybe it's you know it's going through a through like a phase you know wow. wanting to uh represent the older cultures no by uh 1905 1906 somewhere around there no 1914 winston churchill mm. commanded that all ships being made by the royal navy after that be oil powered so they weren't even using coal and, and by 1914 Dang. this movie takes place in the 30s mm -hmm. and you're saying they might have sails on them still what no i'm not saying that at all okay <laughs> no i think we were talking about the all the beautiful yeah, boaters say, at monaco he, yeah but he was saying it was a grandchild of the uh, yamato yeah because right? we saw and it today like, but it yeah. can't be because it would be more advanced. You know what I mean? The grandchild of the Yamato uh -huh. is probably the, the helicopter carrier, which is, you know, why we like to shit on the Japanese because they're imperialist and expansionist well, and they go against we, their own constitution. We can't tell which boats are fucking other boats. So how yeah. do we really know? Which Boat genealogy is a very <laughs> uh, tricky subject. Yeah. And as a human and not a boat, uh, no, who am I to say? I'm not going to pretend Our... to be an expert on boat sex. <laughs> I... I can pretend to be an expert on whatever subject I want in this show. <laughs> That's, in fact, the point of this show. It is, yeah. <laughs> but boat reproduction, I don't, I'm not getting it. That's a stretch. I don't care how okay. I don't care how good your voice sounds on this podcast. We'll, we'll get um, shouted down by the experts who believe in science yeah. pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I have often done a bit... Uh, uh, sorry, continuing the I'm sorry bit yeah. that I like to do on this show... Uh, I've often said on this show that conservatives want the uh, future to be like 40K, and I want the future to be like Star Trek. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I saw a meme, uh, it was more like a tweet today, that said um, uh, the easiest way to tell that Star Trek was written by white people is they say where no one has gone before, yeah. but like 90% of the planets they go to are inhabited. <laughs> Yeah, and so I I wanted to close out this bit, uh, close out this episode with a little defense of Star Trek because like when I say Star Trek, you know what I mean, uh, the original series, every woman on the ship had to wear a, a skirt mm -hmm. that you know their fingers could reach well past if they just hung their arms at their side, mm -hmm. right? Like it was a deeply reflective of its own time piece, right? That's what art is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but the liberation behind the thought. That Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, was a card-carrying communist, right? And thought about this internationalist uh, world that, you know, reached for the stars as one people mm -hmm. to, like, maintain peace and good governance throughout the uh, galaxy while they continued to discover more and more things. What a beautiful thought. Yeah. And leftists online just shit all over <laughs> it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, leave it up to leftists though come on yeah fractious group we are and they do it like for so many different things right they can't even just stick to the bad star trek like picard picard deserved to be shit on mm -hmm. that new series um i don't like deep space nine uh but a lot of leftists really like think deep space nine is the only star trek that's worth watching you know what i mean the next generation is incredible and they say that it is even more uh what's the word imperialist and war hungry because it does this background kind of mimic of the Soviet union versus America mm. with the, uh, the Klingon empire in the background. Right. And it's just like, what is wrong with you fucking people? Right? Like, why can't you just find some enjoyment in such a liberatory piece? Right? Like they, it's a science problem that they figure out th through teamwork and community every episode. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate you, leftists. I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> I was just hoping to have it all, those greedy leftists. Yeah. 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 I thought I could do 10 minutes on that, but I did like no four. Way. You guys, uh, you guys we got, got something you want to talk about? We got Grand Prix still. We only really mentioned Monaco and the boats. Yeah. What was I your didn't favorite think we part? could do any. What was your favorite part? Guys? When it ended. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, on it, I was gonna say the crash that happened, but honestly, I was looking away when it happened. <laughs> My favorite part was when the Ferrari driver lost a bit of their car, 
And I very rightly said, well, just let them keep driving. <laughs> and everyone on Team Ferrari was like, no, we can't let that happen. And the driver went, no, you're stupid. No, I'm going to keep driving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so props to that driver. You got the right mentality. Yes. Carlos Sainz. He he did have quite an episode on the He radio. had a lot of swear words. <laughs> you know, when we were, I only watched Formula One this morning because I don't get to talk to Julian very often. And it's just nice to, <laughs> to hear from him, right? So that I took the opportunity. But, you know, we were way more leftists yeah. and uh, bashing in our critique while watching it this morning than we are being right now. So I'm going to say, uh, just, you know, for That's the true. record, <laughs> that the opulence and the... Uh, the amount of wealth concentrated in one area that is uh, the Grand Prix in Monaco, just the existence of mm-hmm. Monaco itself, I actually got to at one point. The existence of microstates is evidence of, you know, a world cabal, uh, uh, really rich people conspiring against the lower classes to yeah. keep them under thumb. We, you know need, I mean? like, we need our pretentious big city that is its own country. Yeah, <laughs> we need a completely decked out tax shelter that I can move to if I get really good in the finance mm-hmm. industry. That is literally what Monaco is. And uh, then we joked for a bit about how uh, Ro- we thought Robert Downey Jr. was uh, in Iron Man 2 in the Monaco race. Yeah. And I remembered that Elon Musk makes an appearance in Iron Man 2 uh, during the, the Monaco race and shakes Robert Downey Jr.'s hand. You know, billionaires know each other. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you mm. doing? just that aged poorly by the way uh did you see elon musk uh has attached himself to ron DeSantis's campaign launch donald trump launched a a a a meme blitz against that Uh, first he had a a a meme where uh elon musk was leading the call with ron DeSantis, and then the other people in the group were george soros adolf hitler the devil right (laughs) and uh just incredible right great memeing and then he did another ad where there was a rocket ship a uh what's it called a spacex rocket ship that was about to take Mm -hmm. off and it had ron desantis written up the side of it and then it tipped over and exploded (laughs) right i was like donald trump will not be beat he cannot be beat he's gonna win Uh, he uh you you just think the republican nomination i've got 20 bucks on it with my dad that he's gonna kick the shit out of joe biden i can see it when when the general election comes around, you know, things have gotten worse for four years. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, yep. and nobody's done anything. <laughs> you... And it's like well, the funny guy's going to win, right? Like nobody <laughs> remembers what's how shitty it was under him. Right. Like yeah. four yeah. years does a, does a lot to people. Four years in a lockdown. Oof, that changes folks. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, the lockdown was starting under Donald Trump at the end, and people don't even remember that anymore. Mm. They just remember liberals generally being uh, the more vociferous ones. Yeah. About, and, you know, as a leftist, I, I thought the liberals were too tepid about their <laughs> their restrictions. Absolutely. I, th- I would have liked to see actual emergency uh, measures declared. Mm-hmm. I thought the army should have set up tents in public parks mm-hmm. and been given out shots as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like enforcing the, curfews, like keeping people indoors, actually yes, responding well, to the threat in a timely manner, not sitting around for 12 months going, uh, I got to see how the market's going to react to this first. <laughs> like an organized, civilized society, mm-hmm. not like a bunch of apes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like, a government that actually cares are... about the populace and not the money coming in. Yeah, examples made of these reactionaries and libertarians who are like, um, you can't force me to do anything. Mm. The fuck we can't, yeah, you know what uh, I mean? Like... <laughs> pushes you back into your house and chains the door shut. <laughs> yeah. The one thing Trump's got against him right now that I think might... Uh, hold the one down. thing? Well, okay, <laughs> what I think is the biggest thing okay. in his way is it's not Joe Biden. It's uh, the Roe versus Wade repeal. Like, I think uh, there's a lot of scared suburbanites who are like, ah, I don't know if I still want to go vote Republican. Yeah, that's, that's something uh, I counter. Uh, that's a great monster you've just played there, Yugi. I, <laughs> I, I played Dark Brandon and Joe Biden's overplaying of Dark Brandon in defense position. And I think that just overcomes that immediately. Uh, yeah, like, I suppose. We'll see. You're a... This guy pretends he's a, a dark emperor. He's a little bitch of a man who gets lost wherever he goes. You know, I could just hear Donald Trump ridiculing that man into submission. <laughs> you know what I mean, 
the the thought pattern and people are so disengaged you know i mean everything feels like they it's nothing's come to fruition they've taken a step backwards after the fight to topple donald trump mm-hmm. down if anything right like yeah i said everything's gotten worse continually and ridiculously worse right like yeah. uh, what about the afghanistan pullout uh suburbanites are pissed about the afghanistan pullout you, i don't think they remember that <laughs> you don't think so no i don't think so <laughs> I remember it, so maybe they don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's an hour. That's an hour. Right. Jacob calls it. That's an hour. That's he's an he's hour. done. Yeah, he's, he's not doing one he's second kaput. more. <laughs> Honestly, so I did just as, just I did as the last thing. Three minutes of this. Episode, just as the last so thing, like... things have gotten so comical. Honestly, at this point, if they just put Joe and Trump in a ring, sorry, Biden and Trump, to be fair. <laughs> Just put him in a ring and just tell him to fight it out. And just like two old, disgusting oh white men just fighting Jeez. each other I, to the death. Honestly, that's a better <laughs> way of choosing the president at this point. I've actually always thought that if I uh, ever got to a, a political debate of any kind, that that would be the tactic that I use against my fascist or reactionary foe. I would uh, warn them once. I'd be like, don't say things like that again. And then I would just go kick the shit out of them during the debate. <laughs> you would win the debate that way. I, gonna, I swear to God. I was going to make the joke. I can see Biden just like having such severe dementia that he just fucking lashes out at Trump. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? He, he goes back into like a primal state where he was like boxing as a teen mm-hmm. or some shit yeah. and just like Rocky Balboa's him. That'd be fucking good. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. More on more election coverage next week, everybody. And Julian? Julian Summer is coming. Nailed it. Yeah.